0: your daughter has been kidnapped, snatched from her apartment. The only thing left behind is her cell phone, and it's been smashed to pieces. It's useless. But amidst all the debris, you find a memory card, the cell phone's memory card. And maybe, just maybe, it might hold a clue to her disappearance. You run to the closest photo kiosk in a nearby subway station and plug the memory card into the machine and start scrolling through your daughter's photos. And then you find something. A photograph of your daughter standing in front of a glass phone booth. It looks innocent at first, but then in the reflection on the glass, you see something. It looks like the very blurry reflection of a person. Could this be the clue you've been searching for? You use the controls on the kiosk to quickly zoom in on the blurry and pixelated reflection and then click the button marked process. Like magic before your eyes, the image sharpens perfectly. I don't know who you are. And there he is. I don't know what you want. Right in front of you. But I will find you. Your daughter's kidnapper. And I will kill you. That's a scene from the 2008 action film Taken, starring Liam Neeson. I love that film. But even so, the ability to infinitely zoom in on grainy, pixelated photos and magically find enough data and resolution to see them clearly has to be one of the most cliché digital technology tropes that Hollywood has. It simply can't be done. But what if photographs contained another kind of data, embedded deep inside? Data that could be used to find out more about us than we'd like others to know forensic data that goes way beyond the kind of stuff that Liam Neeson was able to find out in his photo booth. Is that even possible? We're about to find out. Welcome to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee.
1: This computer is on the job around the clock. In case of attack. Their
2: principal target is you. The
1: design is complete. But
0: will it work? Shake hands with danger. I'm Jeff Siskin, and I'm here, as always, with cybersecurity expert, it's Mr. Bruce Snell. Hello, Jeff. How are you today? I, I'm well. In a few minutes, I am, uh, I'm I'm going to learn me a lesson. <laughs> where a hacker has promised to show me how naive I am by clicking a constant barrage of cell phone photos and sending them to people. How naive I am about what information i'm actually giving away by sending these photos out there okay in the world. okay and and i don't know if you're like me but i've gotten to this habit where i take photos of everything mm-hmm. you know useless things family stuff just like i i i have so many photos i am dying under a weight of the gazillion photos that exist on my luckily right they now. don't
3: have a physical weight or else you're just your phone would not you wouldn't be able to pick up your phone
0: so how like are we i guess I guess the answer to my question, I probably know. I don't think we're alone in this. I think this is something that that everybody's doing. No, in fact,
3: I was actually reading something from Infotrans, and they said that in 2017, people took 100 billion more photos than they did the previous year. And so that puts that number at 1.2 trillion photos taken in
0: 2017. That's a lot of photos. That is a lot of photos. And so that's a lot of information that's attached to these photos. I guess it's metadata is what it's called? So yeah, so a lot of that data
3: is information around, specifically around where that
0: photo was taken, right? So recording
3: GPS data off of your phone. It also records things like shutter settings and what's called EXIF data around the the actual photo itself. So like camera geek sort of stuff. Okay. But most of it is where was this picture taken? So you can keep record of it. So you can look on a map and see, okay, these are all the places that I took pictures.
0: When we were researching this episode, we came across a story of of a journalist named Simon Ostrovsky. And Simon wanted to prove a few years ago that Russian soldiers were fighting in Ukraine, despite the Russian government saying that they weren't. So he found a Russian soldier who was on the Russian version of Facebook,
3: which I believe is called Facebook.
0: That, that is, is not called Facebook, but but so this this um is that very insensitive, Bruce. So he so he went on this Russian version of Facebook, and he found a soldier who had posted a number of images of himself, including some that appeared to be in Ukraine. So using these photos mm-hmm. as a jumping off point, Simon set out to doggedly and with all of his journalism might prove that at least this Russian soldier was in a place that he officially wasn't supposed to be. Interesting. And so our story producer, Pedro Mendez, spoke with
2: Simon, and I want to play that for you now. Back in 2015, Ukraine was in the throes of what some have called an uprising and others have called a civil war. Despite reports that the Russian military was involved on the side of the anti-government forces, Russia strongly denied it. And that got under Simon Ostrovsky's skin.
1: It seemed pretty obvious to a lot of people who were there on the ground that Russia was very much involved. But I was stuck with the problem of figuring out how to explain to my viewers that what was obvious to those of us on the ground was uh, true for a wider audience.
2: Simon was working on a documentary about Russian involvement in Ukraine, so he had to find proof, visual proof. He found it on Russia's own social network, vk.com.
1: One of the first things that it asks you is what town you're from, what school you went to, what college you went to, where you work. In Russia, uh, because military service is required for uh, males by law, there's uh, another question in, in addition, which is what army unit did you serve in?
2: Simon already knew the Russian army unit suspected of being in Ukraine. So he started searching VK.com for soldiers from that same unit.
1: I needed to find somebody who not only posted a picture of a tank or blown up building or like a smoldering pile of rubble, but was actually foolish enough or careless enough to take a picture of themselves in that scenery and post it to their profile.
2: After looking through dozens and dozens of profiles, Simon found his man a Russian soldier named Bato Dumbayev. Dumbayev had posted lots of photos of himself in what looked like Ukraine, where he wasn't supposed to be.
1: My first big problem was trying to figure out not just the country where the photographs were taken, but exactly the precise spot where they were taken so that I could find it. Go there, take a picture of myself standing in roughly the same position as the soldier, and then show those two photographs, the one he took and the one I took, side by side to show the viewer that I had actually gone through the trouble of uh, verifying it myself.
2: Simon was able to figure out where some of those photos were taken because Dumbayev foolishly, had his exact location embedded in the metadata of the pictures. But not all of
1: them. In the case of a lot of photographs, you can just simply geolocate them by looking at the photograph. Like, there's a lot of information in the photograph itself visually. In the key photograph, where he's standing on top of what looks like a bunch of sandbags, some kind of a fortification, you know, knowing the background of a bit about the war in eastern Ukraine and where the main battles took place, that sort of narrowed my search to a particular part of Ukraine near uh, a town called Debaltseva.
2: Simon found the exact same spot, the exact same pile of rubble, and stood on it, just as Dombayev had. Looking at the pictures side by side, the evidence is hard to dispute. But Simon took things one step further. Once again, using geolocating data and good old-fashioned research, Simon found Dombayev's hometown, even his house.
1: I managed to actually basically find his front door and, and you know ring the bell and, and speak with his wife. He, wasn't, he himself wasn't at home, but she gave me his phone number and uh, I got him on the phone. You know, I directed him to the photographs that I had taken of myself um, and where I'd posted them online in my own VK profile that I'd created, he essentially denied everything and said that he hadn't been to Ukraine and um, said that I was mistaken. But he didn't deny that he was the soldier.
2: A few days later, Dumbayev deleted his entire profile, including all of the original photos. Still it's kind of hard to imagine a military that would allow this kind of sloppy behavior.
1: Russia's uh, actually finalized some legislation to try to crack down on this. But it's a very difficult thing to do because telephones are very easily accessible, they're very cheap, and teenagers, which is essentially what conscripts are, (laughs) love posting online. So it's a very difficult thing to combat uh, unless you're willing to put your troops in prison.
0: So that was our story producer Pedro Mendez talking with Simon Ostrovsky. That's bonkers. I guess it makes sense that you could totally. There's other stories about about people tracking down people uh, based on on photos.
3: Yeah, you, you know it's it's interesting. There's photo data, but then earlier this year there was an issue with U.S. soldiers actually having their locations tracked via their um, fitness trackers,
0: like so the, the, showing, the things yeah. you wear on your wrist for your for your yeah. your
3: steps. Really. Yeah, so their run maps and everything were actually showing that they were in sensitive parts of the world uh, and was actually revealing a lot of data around where where the activity of these soldiers were.
0: Yeah, that that's crazy. I I guess I think of those, you know, the fitness trackers that everyone I know wears, and I, and I guess I just don't think of them being hackable, but I guess they would be as hackable as anything else.
3: Well, you know, I mean, it's maybe not so much an issue of being hackable as willingly sharing this data a lot of these there's that social aspect and part of it is sharing you know your your run route or where you were so in the case of photos think about you know when you go on you go on vacation you take a photo and you say oh here i am at the grand canyon or you know here i am in delaware or or whatever um and it's so we're willingly sharing this information
0: well I'm about to uh, put that to the test. And I'm guessing, once again, you probably know how this one's going to end. But I'm, I'm going to talk to uh, a hacker named Tim Martin, uh-huh. uh, who's been on the show uh, yep. a few times now. And Tim has promised to show me how naive I am about sharing these photos and how much information is on them. Hello, Tim Martin. How are you? I'm doing good, Mr. Jeff. How are we doing today? Good to see you again. This time around, we are talking smartphone photos.
4: We are. There's, uh, you know, nowadays, you can make some pretty nice photos with your phone, but normally there's a lot more data on there than most people are thinking that is. I'm curious to see what what you can show me. So all this information gets added to what's called uh, the XIF data, which is just a, a fancy short term for exchangeable image file format. So you can share it with your other photographer friends and you can each know without having to go, wait, which camera did you use to do this? Where did you do this? It's just in the
0: picture. It's just a way of organizing your your life. Is, yeah, is that sort of it? Essentially. Okay.
4: But if you're, you know, organizing your life by not just picture, but the more data, it's called the metadata. It's the data that's like on top of the picture.
0: So I want to try and experiment. Okay. We should, for people listening, Tim and I are not in the same location. Tim is probably a thousand miles away from me right now and we're talking over Skype. But what I want to try is I want to play a little game of let's figure out where Jeff is in the world. And so, so I'm going to take a selfie and I'm going to email it to you and I want you to tell me what information uh, you can find about that. So
4: hold on Wait, a second. Sounds easy enough, hopefully.
0: <laughs> okay. So, let me uh, adjust the right light. Oh, this is, this is beautiful. Yeah, get your good angle, Jeff. All right. So, Tim... I am going to email this photo to you. Mm-hmm. All right. It has entered into cyberspace. Let me know when it's landed. All right. There
4: it is. All right. So let's download this file real quick. Let's put it in our blackmailing Jeff document folder for later. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so let's see. What we can see from this photo here, the much nicer, yep. is it's giving us this kind of like quick overview. We're seeing a camera... Taken yes. 2018, which is today. Mm-hmm. It's telling me, it's guessing your address is approximately <laughs> avenue. Um, it gives us the exact coordinates here, you know.
0: Sorry, are those, those are very precise GPS coordinates These of where are, I am?
4: Yeah, that is whatever your phone thinks that it is right now. Well, let's do let's a do street view, see if we oh my God, well, so, if you left so any it's So
0: it's, <laughs> it's, it's gone from a map to the, the satellite image. And now you're doing street view. And, and yeah, there's looks a my lot house. like your house. Yep. That looks exactly like my house. So, within, I didn't time that, but probably within 10 <laughs> seconds, you have a picture of the outside of my yeah, house. I'm very sure that's where you probably are right now. That is exactly where I am. And, and sadly, the Google thing was taken on a day uh, I didn't cut my grass. So I look like I have a, <laughs> bit, of a, a bit of a truant yeah, house. You gotta, but you gotta rake up some of
4: those leaves. I'll rake up
0: the leaves, I'll cut the grass. How did you, what you typed, you put this photograph into a, is this a website I'm looking at? Or
4: Yeah, so I'm pretty lazy, and I don't like to do it the hard way. Um, like <laughs> okay. You can, like if I was going to, you know, like open up the picture itself, there's a whole bunch of data that I can probably look at, uh, which let me see, I'll show you. It's pretty ugly. Um, I right click and I hit open with this. This is what your p- picture actually is in terms of raw
0: text oh so you're showing me this is a screen yeah it looks like totally total, total gobbledygook
4: right yeah so it's a bit harder to look at this so i mean okay uh people who are you know software engineers and smart and also lazy because they don't want to look through that all the time have made useful programs so there's this website that i'm on called pick to map which just and it's
0: p p i c and then the number two and then map map.com right and uh, you can just upload any
4: picture you want here um and it'll tell you all the information that it can pull from all the the XIF and the metadata.
0: So 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 Tim that it's interesting but it it feels to me given that I know you even though you're a hacker and even though <laughs> you know I, I'm sending you a photo. In this case I was sending you a photo as an experiment. But I normally anybody I would be emailing a photo to Maybe there's exceptions to this, but I can't think of them right now. Um, anyone I would be emailing a photo to, I probably wouldn't be that concerned with them knowing where I'm taking the photo, unless it's like a ransom note or something. But I, <laughs> I tend I tend not to do that kind of thing. Yeah. So I guess my question is, where it could get freaky, are photo sharing sites like, you know, I guess like a like Facebook or Twitter is. is Can you get this kind of information off Facebook and Twitter?
4: Uh, You used to be able to, but Facebook and Twitter have luckily, you know, kind of seeing what there could be issues here with crazy stalkers, have locked those down. Um, Some other photo sharing sites, like uh, one that I found uh, doing some research on you, uh, one of your (laughs) albums, does not, unfortunately. So there is a lot of data that I was able to pull off of uh, this site here. Uh, You can see a lot lot of nice pictures of uh, the family, the dog, a nice scooter, a Lego Millennium Falcon, very cute. (laughs)
0: Are these are these have I are these publicly available? Have I made them publicly
4: available? They are. I'm not even signed in. I can't oh, crap. To click log in to log in. So, uh, what I did was I kind of did a little experiment here to figure out if I was going to stalk Jeff and murder him, uh, where <laughs> where he's going to be on a regular basis. That's um, a horrible game. I know. It's so much fun. <laughs> so, what I can see from these is that you most of the time you're kind of by your house over here in in but every now and then you will head out to go to a hockey game um, most of the time probably on
0: Sundays so you hold on a second slow down so you you took (laughs) the pictures which I guess I should lock down Mm -hmm. but I guess anyone can see them uh, because I wanted to show them to my parents and stuff and you have put them in this program pick to map and you have now I'm looking at a map of the city I live in and you have plotted out all of the places these photos were taken.
4: Right. So I'm saying just based on the concentration of pins, I'm very sure that you live about here.
0: Oh, sh! But now... That's that's exactly where I live. So you have my... From my online photo sharing album, which I probably haven't used in a while, you are able to track down where I live.
4: Yeah, with a pretty high degree of probability. Uh, And then I can also tell that because uh, you've got a son based on the, the other photos there that he plays yeah. hockey um, and he probably plays weekend games because this picture was taken on Sunday the 16th. Um, yeah. So I know that you're probably going to be in transit between then and there. So let's say I didn't want to kill you. I wanted to steal something from your house. <laughs> I got pretty <laughs> good odds on hockey night I can go to your house and I won't get caught.
0: That's only uh, slightly more reassuring. Only, um, more. Yes, my only friends, slightly more. They,
4: they only get slightly more reassuring, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> okay, can we... Can you indulge me in a, in a, I'm curious whether I am alone here. Can, so if I just, I'm just going to, just for an experiment, I'm going to type an iPhone photo. Okay. Okay. So I see if I look at iPhone photo and I scroll down, okay. I see a, a, here's an image of, it looks almost like a webcam picture of a woman wearing glasses. And if I download this, I will download it in the original size. So download it in the website. What was it called? PickToMap.com. Yeah, PickToMap.com. So I can drag it's drag and drop. It's super easy. So hold on. I'm gonna take this random person's photograph, drag it in. It's processing. Oh, and here we go. Oh my god. So this person, oh my god, this person who I don't know. It was shot with an on April 5th. And here is her address. Oh my God. And then it's, and it actually comes up as a Google map and you can drag in the thing and do street view. And suddenly I'm probably looking at her home. Ooh, this is super creepy.
4: It gets gets pretty creepy once you, you know, kind of think about it more in a criminal sense, uh, unfortunately.
0: (laughs) Well, and just, and, and, uh, it's just a safety thing.
4: Correct. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's definitely a big deal, especially if you didn't know either that you left your, yourself open like that.
0: No. And I, and I have to imagine this poor woman didn't. Um, and, and it's interesting because I, 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 you know, one picture doesn't scare me. The th- hundreds of thousands of pictures I probably have on my iCloud do scare me because I don't want just anybody having that information that feels that feels invasive and that feels like something i need to to lock down yeah it's kind of kind of about you know it's <sighs> the it's the sheer magnitude
4: of it right one snowflake but a whole avalanche is a bit different <laughs> yes
0: oh tim okay well there's more homework for me thanks for uh <laughs> thanks thanks for that
4: yeah yeah always always a pleasure to, to make your life more miserable
0: jeff I'm back with Bruce Snell, cybersecurity expert. I bet this was one of those ones where you knew what was gonna happen, wasn't it, Bruce? Oh,
3: well, I mean, to be fair, it, it happens to everyone. It happens to everyone, Jeff. <laughs> thank, you, thank you.
0: Thank <laughs> you. Sort of. Uh I appreciate that. But I was surprised, not that like I I have a vague sense that there is, you know, GPS information, because if I look uh-huh. on my phone and my iCloud or whatever, I could I could tell that, you know, there's where the photos were taken is is, sure. is there. I guess I was probably naive about who else has access to that information. Right. Uh, and particularly if I share my photos publicly, uh, and not all sites have this, but there are certain sites where they don't strip that off. Right. And I thought it was right. very invasive in terms of the photos I shared and how someone could sort of plot out my life based on my photos. But for me, it was even creepier when I saw an absolute stranger's photo and within 10 seconds I was staring at a photograph of the front of their house yeah no, there's there's a lot of data that um that you can pick
3: up. And you know, to be honest, like even sites like Instagram, where they strip out the the exact location, you know, you still have the option to tag where you took the photo, right? So even though it may not be, you know, I'm on the corner of forty third and seventh or I don't even know if, if that's an actual corner in New York, but you know, it'll say, oh, I'm in Times Square or whatever. But you can still kind of build a picture of what people are doing, even if you don't have that exact metadata. You can that we still leave a huge digital trail of ourselves uh, when we're posting on social media.
0: So certainly, my online photo album no longer exists. So if anyone is listening to uh-huh. this and wants to stalk me, you're out of luck. Too I'm late. Like, too late. The way you know Tim's easy <laughs> access into my life, uh, I've now at least plugged that hole. But I'm sure there are other vulnerabilities out there that you know would leave me open if anyone can see my photos. So so are there mm-hmm. things I can keep in mind? Like how how do I I like sharing photos. We all like sharing photos. Uh-huh. What can we do to protect ourselves?
3: Well, you know, it's it's interesting because I think the biggest concern I have around sharing photos online is when it comes to teenagers, uh, right? Because I think a lot of kids are just really starting to branch out with their, with their mobile devices. Um, they're taking pictures at their school or at, you know, sport activities that they're at. Um, and a lot of times that'll have like the, you know, the name of the school, where they're going, et cetera, but they forget that these pictures are all publicly accessible to the, you know, the entire internet, unless you specifically say it's
0: private, right? So is the answer then, and you know, I feel like not in touch with this current generation that's doing a lot of this, is the answer then just to not do it or just be smart about what you post? I think the I think the real answer is to, is to be
3: very smart about it. Right. And you know, be more restrictive about who you're sharing your photos with, you know? Um, make your make your Instagram account uh, private, which may seem like, you know, counterintuitive to a lot of teenagers, right? Because they probably want everyone to see their their pictures. ok. Is there anything else we should keep in mind? Definitely look into. Ah, uh, making sure that the if you're posting your pictures online, you know, look into the policies of the site to see if they're tracking that data or if they're they're holding any data or if they're stripping it off um, and make sure that that data is not being kept around uh, because it's something that could very easily be used to to track you down,
0: so Bruce, let me just repeat back to you what i what I've heard. um obviously concerns around being a a teenager or a younger person and posting a lot of identifiable stuff, not just the metadata, but you know, all sorts of identifying photographs. Um, So the one thing, almost the minimum thing you should do is just be smart and possibly restrictive about who you're sharing your photos with, you know, account restrictions so the whole world can't see them so that you know who your audience is. That's a great idea. And the other thing, which seems complicated to do, but I'm going to, I'm going to start looking into this, is to look into the policies of the sites that you're posting to to see what their policies are around stripping off the data, and I guess even even keeping it. Yeah,
3: yeah, and I and I think I I honestly I, I think that's something I'm not as informed on as I should be. So I'm going to make a note to myself to go up and, and do some research on that. So okay. maybe I'll 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 do I'll just do some digging and, and post some info on Twitter. Oh, that would be awesome if uh, you I could, that. and then yeah, I'll do that. um,
0: yes, then we can all uh, cyberstalk you on Twitter. <laughs> and figure out you know, exactly where, where is Bruce writing these tips from. Oh, great. Yes. All right, Bruce. Well, thank you so much.
3: All right. Thanks a lot, Jeff. It's a pleasure as always. Bye.
0: I'm Jeff Siskind, and you've been listening to Hackable, an original podcast from McAfee. As always, if you want to find out more about anything we talked about on today's show, you can head to our beautifully designed website at hackablepodcast.com. Com. And if you want to read the additional tips that Bruce found on which photo sharing sites strip off metadata and which don't, you can check out Bruce's Twitter feed at Bruce Snell. Thanks so much for listening. Next episode in two weeks.